I want to share a couple examples of uh, one particularly of faith. There's something here, and uh, we know this verse, many of us, in Hebrews 11, verse 6, talks about what faith is and that uh, there is a reward when we walk by faith. It's kind of what was in my heart, is that God wants us to believe that when we choose to serve him, it's, it is for our good. And he, re- he rewards those who seek him. So the scripture says that without faith, we can't please God. It's impossible. If someone comes to God, first we must believe that he is. And it says that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. So when you read, next time you read Hebrews chapter 11, think about all these people that believed God, that God would reward them for choosing to obey him, to believe in him. And uh, there's different examples that we have here in the scriptures, but I want to look, an interesting one here, we don't study this one too often, but look at verse 23. It's talking about Moses and his parents. Do you know that Moses' parents had a, a saving faith? And what, what, how was their faith demonstrated? Let's look in verse 23. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. So that word beautiful also is translated good. They, they just looked at their child. They saw this child is a, amazing, just a good child. They just had the sense... And they said, we need to hide this baby because the, the Pharaoh in those days wanted to kill and destroy all the babies of the land. So let's go back and just read a little bit of that story because obviously when uh, the writer of Hebrews was thinking of all the examples in the scripture of faith, this is one of the examples he thought of. And he, I mean, we read it in the Bible and we say, yeah, they did this by faith. But when you read this story, without having knowledge of Hebrews 11, would you have thought that they did that by an act of faith. It's important to think about that. I was really pondering this uh, last night as I read read this because this means when I when I read that to me it means that many other moms and dads who had children they were they were actually overwhelmed by the fear of the pharaoh that they just when the pharaoh said give me your child we're going to throw it into, throw it into the Nile they were so afraid they just gave the gave the baby away because I don't think everybody was hiding their babies because the Bible says by faith. Moses' parents did that. So presumably, most, most of them, out of fear, did not hide their children. They, just, they were so afraid, probably for their own lives, that they just gave their children up. So when we read in Exodus, um, in chapter 1, let's just see the context here of what happened. So in verse 7, it says, The sons of Israel were fruitful and increased greatly. And multiplied and became exceedingly mighty, so that the land was filled with them. Now a new king arose over, e- over Egypt, who did not know Joseph. And he said to the people, Behold, the people of the sons of Israel are more numerous and mightier than we. Let us come deal wisely with them, lest they multiply in the event of war. They also join themselves to those who hate us, and fight against us, and depart from the land. So do you see the motivation here of uh, this Pharaoh? He's thinking, these sons of Israel are going to become mightier and stronger and, and perhaps they would overtake us. And out of fear, 
he thought we need to control them and put them in under bondage and need to we're going to have to kill even some of their babies to deal with these people so this is the example this pharaoh is an example sort of a metaphor of how satan works in the lives of christians to put people under bondage and pharaoh was like that he was a he was a man he put people under bondage and this is what the devil wants to do he wants to put us under bondage through fear and through uh, his wise and crafty ways so that we become um, sort of under his control and it's quenched from our faith in Jesus and this is what they, he tried to do so while the people were multiplying they said in verse 11 let's appoint taskmasters over them to afflict them with hard labor we're going to give them these burdens that word actually is translated to afflict them with burdens. That's what that word means. So they, for them it was like, we're going to give them hard jobs and make them work and sweat and just tire them out. So they afflicted them. And isn't, does the devil do this? Absolutely. The devil comes and the Lord even allows these afflictions to come. And what does the Bible say in the New Testament when afflictions come? And in the parable of the sower, if you read that in, in the parable of the sower in the New Testament, it says that when someone receives the word immediately with joy, in time of temptation, when that sun rises, it says it scorches the, that plant. And the ones who have a, a, a shallow root, it's not deep, it says when persecution or affliction comes, because of the word, they, they immediately fall away. So here, we see that they wanted to bring affliction so that these people would be quenched. And same way, the devil comes to bring affliction in our lives to quench the faith that the Lord sows into our heart, the seed of faith. And affliction is used often, we see in the Bible, the, the scriptures teach us that through many afflictions, through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of heaven. So when affliction comes into our life, we can respond in, in different, two different ways. We can yield under it, or we can walk in faith. Now, now let's listen to, to the story here and see what happened. So in verse 12, it says, The more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied. So what happens to a, a plant if it gets scorched by the sun? If its roots are deep, it will actually draw the water from the depths of the soil and it will actually grow. Because the sun, have you ever had a plant just that gets no sun? It withers away, right? If you give it all this water but you get no sun, that plant will, won't grow. But if you give it all kinds of sunlight but you don't water it, I have these plants in my sill and sometimes I forget and I can tell because the, the leaves start falling off. But if I give it water and it gets the sun then it really grows. So it's kind of like this. The more they afflicted them, the more they remained in the Lord, the more they multiplied and grew. So God has designed for Christians that we go through temptations and afflictions because in those very things, we actually grow stronger in Jesus. How many times have you grown when, the, when your life is just coasting along and you've not gone through a trial? Have you grown spiritually? You haven't. But when you've gone through a trial and you've been through a test, and your faith is tested, when you put your trust in Jesus, that's when you really grow. So the more they afflicted them, this is like a, a parable for us, they, the more they grew, so that it says they were in dread, the Egyptians of the sons of Israel. So verse 13 says, the Egyptians compelled the sons of Israel to labor rigorously. And they made, they made their lives bitter with hard labor. They just had to work and work, and they tried to make them bitter. That's the devil. He does that. So in the morning they gathered bricks and all kinds, um, with mortar and bricks and all kinds of labor in the field, and they labored rigorously, all this work they imposed on them. 
So the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives. Now this is the next thing he did. They had these midwives in those days also. And they said to the midwives, one of them's name was uh, Shifra, and the other was Pua. And he said, when you are helping the Hebrew women to give birth and see them upon the birth stool, if it is a son, you need to put him to death. But if it's a daughter, then she shall live. Can you imagine hearing this? You're a God-fearing woman, and you know that God gives life. And it's like giving an abortion. Here's, this is where it happened, right here. You see, this is like an abortion, except for it's out of the womb. He said, I want you to kill this baby immediately when it's born. And these women, they knew this, would, this is against God's commands, to murder like that. But they were under these, these authorities and lords. And this is clearly from the scriptures we know, that when it comes to obeying our authorities, if it transgresses against the laws of God, we do not obey. And this here is one of those examples. Now this requires faith, because under this fear, they would have thought, if we don't do this, we will probably die. I would think so. The Pharaoh says, you better do this. You don't do it, you're going to die. So listen to what it says in verse 17. But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt had commanded them, but they let the boys live. Isn't that amazing? They said, we are pro-life. <laughs> we're not pro-choice, we're pro-life. We fear God. We're not going to give in to his fear tactics. You see that? These fear tactics of the enemy. So the king of Egypt called the midwives. This would have been a fearful time. And they said to them, why have you done this thing and let the boys live? And the midwives said to Pharaoh, because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and they give birth before the midwives can get to them. <laughs> Sounds like what the... You know, how is this that people, it seems like a lie, yet in the Bible this talks about all these people had this faith, and it's like that harlot uh, um, in Rahab. It seemed like she lied also, but yet, what was, the, what was the motive of her answer? What does God look at? They told these things because of love. They were actually trying to save the life of children. Well, now, when you lie, are you trying to help someone else? No, usually when you're lying, you're trying to save your own skin. So when they lied, it was, so to speak, or maybe, maybe it was like this, but it seems as though they were telling the story, they did this to save the lives of these children. And they actually had to overcome fear. So to God, it was a credit to them, I believe, as, a faith, as faith. Just like Rahab. Just like those uh, Gentiles who hid those Jews in the days of the Nazi wars, they hid them in their homes. And they didn't tell anyone. It takes faith to do that. So these midwives did this. And then it says, so God was good to the midwives. Is God good to the people who tell seemingly lies? (laughs) No, these were women of faith. So what did God do to these women? And the people multiplied and became very mighty. And it came about because of the the midwives feared God that he established households for them. He gave them families. (laughs) You see how God rewards those who have faith? God gave these midwives families because they said, we fear God. We're not fearing what men say. We're not going to give in to what, to what people tell us. So the Pharaoh commanded all his people saying, every son who is born, you just cast them into the Nile and every daughter you keep alive. So first he tried one tactic and it didn't work because faith, faith overcame it. These women said, we're not doing this and they, they were also crafty. Then, then Pharaoh said, well, I want every one of you to throw, go and throw these children in the Nile. Can you imagine this? A mass murder. This is like, you know, today people are aborting and, and children. But in those days, this is where, what Pharaoh did. He went to kill all these babies. And so, this is how the story starts with Moses' parents because here they were in those days. 
And they knew this commandment was coming to kill all these children. And they, at the time, also had a son. So there was a man from the house of Levi, that's the priesthood, and he married a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that he was beautiful, she hid him for three months. Now right there is where the writer of Hebrews sees that one verse, and he, he quotes that one verse right there. And he says, By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three month, months. That's what, they, that's what he said. They did this by faith. So the temptation would have been, just like the midwives, we better, we better do what he says because we could die. They said, no, this is a blessing from God. We're going to preserve him. So for three months, they, they, they hid him in their house there to keep him from the, the enemy, from, from Pharaoh. But when she could hide him no longer, it must have got, they must have been searching houses and they probably knew these Egyptian servants are coming and searching all the houses. They said, what should we do? They said, we need to come up with a plan. So by faith, they also made this wicker basket and they covered it with tar and pitch in verse 3. And they put this child, their baby, into it and they set it among the reeds on the bank of the Nile. So she set it out there and let it float away. Do you think that they did this just kind of um, half-heartedly? Well, we'll see what happens. No, I think they probably prayed. They said, Lord, you give us the son. This is your child. We're going to put him in here and we're going to leave it up to your providence. You think that they were thinking that one day this child of theirs would, would actually grow up as a prince in Egypt and be their deliverer? Do you think that they were thinking that? What did, they, what did they know? All they knew was, we believe in God and we believe that he rewards those who put their trust in him. That's all they knew. So they put him in a basket and they left it up to God, his providence. And by faith, years later, they found the reward. Years later, they found out that their faith was rewarded because this very child that they saved became the mighty deliverer. Now, what about all the other parents? We don't, the Bible doesn't say, but we know that Moses' parents had faith and God is the rewarder of those who put their trust in him. So what is greater, to, to, fear, the, to fear man and to let him control us or to fear God and say, Lord, we trust in you. And look what happened. They, they put him in this river and she said to her, her daughter, go and, go and follow him. See what happens to this child, you know, praying. But they still have a burden. They have a concern. So his sister stood at a distance to find out what would happen to him. And the Pharaoh of, uh, the daughter of Pharaoh, so the actual daughter of this man who, who said, who had an edict to destroy these babies and kill them, she happened to be, do you think this is happenstance and coincidence? Or do you think God predestined this? I think God predestined this exactly. He knew what was going to happen. This is the thing with faith, is that we can't see the end from the beginning, can we? But God knew that by faith they would do this thing and that the very Pharaoh, Pharaoh's daughter would be sitting out there and actually take this child into the home. This is an amazing miracle. It's an amazing miracle that happened that God knew. To me, it just blows my mind that, that this would actually happen. So the very person that would have killed that child, he's actually raising him and feeding him at his own table. Just think of that. He wanted to kill him. He's going to be eating his own food. In fact, he's, he's going to be raising this son as though, as a grandson. The Pharaoh. And listen, it gets even better here. Listen, so the, she, the sister went along. She followed this um, child. And it says, the daughter, in verse 5, of Pharaoh came down to, to bathe at the Nile. And while her maidens were walking alongside the Nile, she saw this basket among the reeds and sent her maids and she brought it to her. 
She opened the basket. She saw the child, and behold, the boy was crying. And she had pity on him and said, this is one of the Hebrew children. She even knew. So this, this daughter of Pharaoh recognized this is one of these babies, but she had, the Lord put it in her heart to have compassion on the very baby that the, her, her dad wanted to kill. So the Lord moved her. She took this child and she said, then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, she was standing a ways away, remember? She's like, hey. She said, shall I go and call a nurse for you from the, among the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for you? This is a wise, daughter, wise sister. And the Pharaoh's daughter said to her, go, yeah, do that. So the girl went and called the child's mother. <laughs> go get the mom. It's crazy. She's like, go, yeah, I'll, I'll go get somebody. It was her mom, you know. So then the Pharaoh's daughter said to her, listen to this, take this child away and nurse him for me and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. So the mom, by faith, get, puts this child in the basket. The Pharaoh's daughter gets it. She finds it. The sister says, should I get a new nurse? Yeah, it's her mom. Then the daughter says, go, go get this woman. The mom comes and nurses her, and she says, I'll pay you for it. So the mom gets to nurse the child during this whole time, and she gets paid for it when the king was trying to kill this baby the whole time. It's amazing to me. So now God is blessing them. He's like, here, I'm going I'm to reward you for your faith. I'm going to give you wages, and you guys are going to get a little extra, and uh, you get to nurse your own son during this time. But he's going to live in the Pharaoh's house. So this is God's ways. And the child grew and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter. So that means that for a time, the child was at home there and being nursed. And then as the child grew, then she knew, I got to bring him to Pharaoh's house. It's kind of like, um, remember Hannah? She had this son and God, she made a vow that she would give it back to God. And so when he was weaned, she brought him back to the temple and he became a priest. God used because she made this vow. The same thing here. Now, when we have faith, there's rewards, but there's, there's also sacrifices. And we have to make sacrifices to God. But those sacrifices are worth it. And this was a sacrifice where she had to let go of Moses here because she knew that God had a plan and she was obedient in this sense. So she brought him there to the Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. Wow. Now she lost her own son and uh, Moses got adopted. And he was living in this so seemingly uh, pharaoh who was an unbelieving Gentile. And yet, there he became known as Moses because that name means uh, drawn out of the water. She said, this is my son, Moses. I'm going to call him Moses. So it came out in those days, Moses had grown up that he went out to his brethren and looked on their hard labors. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. So at this point in time, now Moses is starting to see all this affliction that happened from way back, which, which Pharaoh saw. And now Moses is now in the house and he has an opportunity to help his brothers and he sees it, but he's not being part of it. He's, he's there enjoying all the luxuries of Egypt, kind of <clears throat> being pampered there as a prince. And uh, then he looks and he sees, he knows these are my brothers because he knows the story. <clears throat> he knows that he was adopted. He knows that he was one of the Hebrews and he says, this is not right. I'm seeing them being beat down and all this. And so... Of course, at first, Moses takes matters into his own hands and he tries to uh, do it in his own strength. <clears throat> and that was a bit of an error because he went and killed someone and then, of course, he had to flee at that point. <clears throat> but now we see, when we go back to Hebrews um, 11, we can see the story, a little bit of Moses, how he also had to walk by faith. So let's read here in Hebrews 11 again. So I was encouraged this... How, you know, two parents, 
living in a home with a child, can, God was watching them and he saw everything they did and they had to overcome. What did they overcome? What was the main thing they overcame? Fear. You know what the devil wants to put us into fear? Because when we walk in fear, we, we can't please God. Because you know when the disciples were in the boat and the, the winds came and they're crashing and, and Jesus had to rebuke them because they said, we're perishing. What did he say to them? Oh, you... Of little faith. He said, why are you so afraid? Why are you so timid? You have a little faith. Take courage, he said. And then Jesus, by faith, rebuked the winds, and it was calm. So they had to overcome fear. And we have to recognize fear is a weapon of the devil. And there's something that God has given us to overcome fear. And anxiety, maybe anxiety. You think, well, I'm not afraid of any. Well, are you, do you get anxious about things? Do you, do you feel uh, restless in your soul? That's a sign to us that we, we're not walking in faith. We're not trusting God. So when we have this, we, it's, it's okay to be tempted. It's okay when you're struggling and wrestling. I imagine Moses' parents had a tremendous amount of their wrestling inside, but they knew they had to pray and by faith. They did what they thought, felt God asked them to do. So when we have fear, we need to walk in faith and remember these stories. It's good to read the Bible and to recognize these things because they're testimonies to us so that when we're battling, with fears, we remember God will reward me if I overcome these battles. So now let's read the rest of the story. So verse 24, Hebrews 11. So by faith, no, their son, the very son that they had, had the same faith as their mom and dad, his mom and dad. Moses had a faith like that because he probably knew what his parents did. And today we heard about how we're supposed to be uh, emulate our parents, follow them, be disciples of them. So one thing that parents can do is they can demonstrate to their children faith. They can demonstrate faith to their children so that when the children grow up, they see my mom and my dad, they have faith in Jesus. And I've seen how God's faithfulness to them and I want to follow them. I want to have faith like my mom and dad. So Moses had faith and this is what he did. When he had grown up, so he had lived there for a time, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. So he knew he was there. But he realized, this is not my calling. Even, even though there's more natural blessings and comforts and all these things, he said, you know what? I'm not going to be Pharaoh's uh, daughter's son because this is not what God's called me to. I'm going to choose to endure suffering and ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. For him to stay there in Egypt would have been a sin. Because he would have had all the luxuries of, of, of Egypt, but he would have missed the call of God. Because he knew the good he ought to do, and he, he saw his brothers being afflicted. At first, he went and he dealt with it in his own strength. But then, God showed him a better, better way. And he, by faith, what did he see? And we talked about this on Friday night. He considered the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. And we talked about why he considered that. Look at the next part, verse 26. For he was looking to the reward. So when we see these rewards by faith, it's the, the only way you can see that is if God, you ask God to open the eyes of your understanding, say, Lord, why do I want to forsake my, this, this opportunity that I have? Why would I want to do that? Moses said, because I know that God's blessing will be with me if I do what's right. And my brothers are suffering and I, it's not fair. I'm here being pampered and all this and have all these pleasures. And he said, I'd rather be with my brothers serving Jesus Christ and suffer affliction with them and have a reward. And so by faith, it says, he left Egypt. 
He did that by faith. And listen to what he had to overcome. What does it say there in verse 27? Not fearing the wrath of the king. That's the same faith his mom and dad had. Isn't that amazing? Moses overcame the fear of the Pharaoh just like his mom and dad overcame it. And they hit him and they saw the blessing. Now their son had to make the same decision. Isn't that interesting? God tested. So what do I learn from this? Is like, why does God allow tests in our life? Why does he allow us to go through these afflictions? I mean, God could easily stop these things. He could do a miracle. But no, what is he looking for? He's, his eyes are roaming to and fro the whole earth to see those who fear him, those who have faith. And he saw those parents there. They, they're not afraid of the Pharaoh. That, that son there, and he's not afraid of the Pharaoh. He loves me more. Do you love Jesus more where you're not afraid of what people say or do? You're not afraid? Moses is another testimony to us. He did not fear the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is unseen. That is why he overcame, because he had a faith. He could see things in the spirit that others couldn't see. He could see a reward. And this is the faith that God is calling us to, the same faith. Let's look at another example. You know, Abraham was known as the father of faith. I read this scripture to a brother the other day. Some of you know, verse 8. Listen to what Abraham did here. It says, By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed. So, what do you know that Paul, in, the, in Romans, the Gospel of Romans, in chapter 1, in the very first section, also at the end of the chapter, Romans 16, there's two verses that talk about the obedience of faith. So that means that uh, obedience to Christ has to come through a faith because we believe in Him. It's not like the law is like, we have to do this, I shouldn't do this, I have to do this. Meanwhile, our heart is kind of begrudgingly thinking, oh, I don't want to do it. No, it's, we're wrestling inside. It's no, because we believe. And it's like we have a desire. We, even though there's a suffering in it, we want to obey God. So this faith, this obedience has to come from a faith in Jesus. And Abraham had this. He called, when he um, was called, it says he obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Why would you do that? Why would you go somewhere and do something if you didn't know what exactly where you, where you were going? You, you do that because faith. Do you know that God <clears throat> wanted to bless Abraham with a son? He never had a son. He was 75 years old when this happened. You read that in Genesis in chapter 12. God called Abraham. I think he was around 75. He had no son. He just had a wife. He had no family. And God saw him, something different about him, and God said, I want you to leave this land because the land was filled with idols and, and it was an idolatrous place and it was being corrupted by sin there. If you read about it, there's scriptures that, that allude to that. It was a land of idolatry. So God was wanting to take him out of this land because he had a plan for him. He had a plan to bless him and he was going to give him a son. Abraham didn't know this yet. But he was going to first take him to a different place and he was going to bless him with a son in a different place where he would not be influenced by all the worldly influences of uh, Babylon or the Chaldees where he was from. So God sees, God wants to bless us. This is the thing is God wants to bless us spiritually and naturally and all these things. But God is looking first for people who have faith. And we're waiting and we say, well, I wish, if I, I would do it if I knew that I had this alternative. That's not faith. I say, well, if I have this, then I'll leave this. That's not faith. If I can get this, then I'll sacrifice this. Well, the world would do that. I'll leave this job if I can get a better paying job over here, then I'll leave my job here and I'll get a better job. Is that faith? Well, no. Even with, it's, not, it's not sin. I'm not saying it's sin. I'm just saying 
Well, anybody would do that. If you can get a better job, then yes, let's do it. But if you don't know what's ahead of you and God says, follow me, and you read it in the Bible and God says, okay, I don't want you to walk this way. Oh Lord, it's hard. But you don't know what's ahead. But what I wanted to share with you today is all the examples we see in the Bible where we can actually see because we have the privilege of looking back and seeing that these guys by faith, men and women, God always rewarded them with something better. So today, you're making a decision, and you have to make it by faith, but you don't get to see the outcome. But we can go back to the scripture. That's why the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. We can look back, and we can see every time God was faithful. Every time someone walked by faith, he rewarded them. He always blessed them. So Abraham wanted a son. God knew it was in his heart even when he was 75, but he didn't get a son until he was 100, 25 years later. But he had to do a little walking in faith for a while first. So the first step was leave the place there where you are in that land and go to the place I'm going to show you because I'm going to bless you there. So by faith, in verse 9, he lived as an alien in the land of promise. So it's like it wasn't his natural habitation for him, but God said, I'm going to take you there. And he dwelt in uh, tents. He didn't have a house. He, he had to live in it. He was like tenting. How many of you would like to leave your house? God called you to pack up your house and live in a tent for uh, most of your life. <laughs> you read this and you think, yeah, Abraham did these things. He had faith. <laughs> yeah, you, you live, yeah, God calls you to do this, something like this and live in a tent. That takes faith. I'm not saying you should do that, <laughs> by the way, but I'm saying if God calls you, and you to something that seems hard, if it's God, then we need to obey. He lived in a tent with, his son, with uh, Isaac and Jacob, but he didn't know that was yet to come. Because, why? This is the scripture tells us. For he was looking for a city which had foundations. He didn't have a house with foundations because everyone knows that when you build a house, you've got to lay a foundation, right? So when you have a tent, is there foundations in a tent? No. So what does a tent mean? When you live in a tent, do you, does it stay there for 10, 20, 30 years? No. After you're done camping, you pack up. You're maybe there a couple days, one week. Pack it up, you go somewhere else. We did that. We would go hiking. We would travel. We'd camp one place. We'd pick it up. And it was a big job. Every time you got to pack up your tent, it was a lot of work. Whew, a couple hours, you pack it up, and you got to drive the next place, and you got to set up your whole tent again, then you go to the next place, and after you're done, you're like, wow, whew, let's think about this next time we decide to stop at so many places because you got to pack up your tent every time. This is how Abraham lived. Can you imagine that you think this is the blessing? But he did this because he thought, one day I'm going to have a house. But you know what? He wasn't thinking, I'm going to build myself a nice big mansion on this earth. He was thinking, I'm going to have a house in heaven. That's what it says here. He was looking for a city which has foundations whose architect and builder is God. I want the one God gives me, not the one I'm going to build for myself. And Sarah, she also had faith to conceive and have a child beyond her own ability. She was getting old. She thought, I don't know how I'm going to ever have a child, but she thought God can do it. God rewarded her. And even there it says, also in verse 12, there is born of one man, him as good as dead, as many as the stars of the sea, <clears throat> or stars of the heavens, sorry, and this sand which is on the seashore. And all these died in faith, having received promises, not having seen them, having welcomed them from a distance. This is, you have to understand what faith is. God wants you to make a decision when you can't see it in front of your face. He wants you to trust him and believe that he has good intentions for you. And you see it from a distance and you say, God, I know it's the right thing to do and I, help me. If you're, if you're struggling, 
I mean, we all do. I'm struggling too in different areas and to have faith. And I say, Lord, I need faith in this area. I, I see this mountain before me and it just seems hard. And, and he's always showing us different mountains, areas, and we just need faith. And then all of a sudden God says, look, all you need is a mustard seed. If you just believe that I can do it. He said, I will help you move the mountains. I mean, obviously we can't move mountains. I can't. But God can. God can move mountains. He just looks and sees who has the faith. Well, there's Moses' parents. I'm going to do miracles for them. I'm going to put them right into the Pharaoh's house. There's Moses. I'm going to, I'm going to raise him up as a mighty deliverer. Moses became a deliverer of all the sons of Israel. Why? Because he was so eloquent in speech and because he was uh, so educated, because he had a lot of education there in Egypt. No, because he had faith. He had faith. And they all died seeing these things from a distance. You know, in verse 15 it says, if they had been thinking of the country from which they went out, they would have had an opportunity to return to it. What do you think the devil was going to do to quench your faith? He's going to tell you, oh, look back, look what you're losing, look what you're missing back there. Isn't that what he does? If you let it go and he puts fear in you, you're going to lose something. Look at, you could go back. And if you think about it, what will you do? It's, this is called the, the battle of the mind, the spiritual mindset. The mindset on the flesh is death. The mind of the Spirit is life. And so when you think about those things, that's not faith. So you have to, what's called, hold thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. And when you hold thoughts captive, that itself is an act of faith so that you don't go back. And remember, we talk about this often, but the best example I can think of is Lot and his, Lot's wife because she was thinking about the place back there and when she looked back, God showed us that that is not faith and she was destroyed. But Lot, he looked forward. So it says these all desired a better country. Do you want something better than what you have now? How are you going to receive that? You want a heavenly inheritance? You want a spiritual blessing? You have to look to Jesus. It says, therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God for he has prepared a city for them. God has something much better for you. And then even when God gave a son to, to Abraham, after all these things, God even tests him with his own son. After he gives him the promise, he says, are you willing to sacrifice that? And he says, yes, Lord, I am. And that's why Abraham was such a man of faith because he would go to no end to believe that God could even raise the dead. He came to a faith of resurrection from the death of dead. That's, that's the ultimate faith. That's the faith that actually God requires us to have, to believe that God can raise Jesus from the dead. You believe that, there's nothing that can hold you back in your faith. That's why. If you see something before you that seems too hard, if you've already confessed in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, why are you doubting that God can do anything? You should have the same faith that God can help you in any circumstance. If you're discouraged or depressed or struggling with self-pity or battling the thoughts of the mind or bitterness towards someone or all these things, those are all massive mountains in your mind or feeling like there's no God doesn't have a plan for you, wondering what your plans are in your life. Look at these examples in the Bible. Abraham, 75, Sarah, 75, no family. And what did they do? They just trusted God, and God was faithful. And he blessed them, because he was looking to see who has faith. God wants to reward those who have faith. And when you walk by faith, there's, it's a guarantee in the Bible. It's a promise. It may not look exactly what you think, but don't, don't uh, let your own thoughts hinder you from trusting what God has in store for you. Amen.